0: so I have it for later yeah sure okay uh so yeah cool basically um my idea with this is that I'm podcasting and I'm trying to talk to other people who are part of my generation or like Gen Z or whatnot about what they think is like the most impactful part of their life so far and like what they think their cultural background has done for them in terms of like developing perspective and knowledge and all that fun stuff so I'm just going to ask like a series of questions um, and that way, you know, i like podcasting or whatever it is uh, and we can just talk about it. Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so like, could you just tell me a little bit about yourself, your background? Like, imagine I don't know you at all, even though I do. Like, where are you from? What's your ethnicity? Where did you go to school? That kind of thing.
1: OK, sure. So my name is Michelle. I'm Chinese. I'm I ethnically def- uh. Uh, recognize myself as Chinese. Um, I went to school first of all for middle school in Shanghai and then I went to school in Bosnia and Herzegovina in Europe. and then now I'm studying in the United States at UC Berkeley.
0: Cool. So where do you currently live? Are you living in Berkeley or in Shanghai?
1: Uh, I'm living in China.
0: Okay. How has that been like recently with uh, all the stuff going on in China versus going on in Berkeley? Like, do you feel that there's a disconnect between sort of the students who are living at Berkeley and the students who are living abroad?
1: I think there's definitely a disconnect. I think it's so hard for us because I've barely made any friends, to be honest. Um, People just connect through social media, which isn't, you know, the most ideal way of getting to know each other. And so there definitely is a disconnect. Um, and for classes, because they're all asynchronous, mm. um, it's really hard for me to get a grasp of, you know, the people in my class and like, try to connect with them socially and stuff.
0: Yeah, do you see yourself uh, going to campus anytime soon or next oh, year? Oh,
1: I actually apply for study abroad. Oh, okay. um, So Yeah, so I'm going to Singapore next semester. And then the following semester, which is spring 2022, I'll probably be on campus. Why did you choose Singapore? Because I was really interested in the program that NUS offers, uh, so the National University of Singapore. And I've always wanted to explore Singaporean uh, politics because I thought it was one of the most successful case studies in the world uh, in terms of their development, human rights, uh, their power distribution, etc., Um, And I'm personally really interested in politics. And I really want to uh, major in political science. And they offer courses in the subfield of Singaporean politics, as well as global governance and um, more like broader topics that I'm also interested in and international relations, which is something I want to concentrate in. So that's why I chose Singapore.
0: That sounds really cool. Um, Kind of on more of the politics side, I know you said that you're from Shanghai and you studied in Bosnia and Herzegovina, which are two very different countries. Um, What did you think in both of your times in Shanghai and in Bosnia, what did you think was the major problem facing the country or the major problem that is facing the country currently?
1: So in Bosnia, I think it's definitely the ethnic divide. So um, I actually wrote a paper on this. I examined the identity politics that are uh, that are contributing to the deadlock of, of political developments in Bosnia-Herzegovina from lenses of education, media, and religion. Um, so essentially from those three lenses, we can see how... Um, the ethnic divide and how the politicians manipulate uh, the ethnic divides division essentially um, contribute to even more division in those subfields and uh, contribute to political deadlock and political developments uh, it hinders political development essentially. Um, and what I mean by ethnic divide is that there are three ethnicities, sorry, there are three ethnicities studying in the same, uh, living in the same country. And then, um, all of them share different, like cultural customs and they claim they speak the different language, but they actually are the same language, um, with like very little differences. Um, And so I would say the division there is definitely like one of the most challenging issues that is facing the country. And as for China, I think um, the issue lies more on the human rights spectrum, I would say. I think there are a lot of human rights challenges, even though not in my area, of course, but uh, in terms of right to vote, right to uh, assembly, right to free speech, et cetera. I think that's a challenge that China needs to tackle. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. And I, I know you said that you're uh, studying in uh, America right now, but do you think that uh, your connection to America, even if it's only been briefly, what do you think the biggest problem facing America is or the United States
1: politically? Ooh. Uh, I think definitely the Black Lives Matter movement at this moment. Um, there's been so many controversies and, well like physical um challenges i guess facing the black community and it's not getting any better i think and um yeah i think black lives matter is one of the most challenge most challenging topics right now
0: yeah definitely so i guess the sort of next part of um my questions focus mainly around what Gen Z can do or what Gen Z is doing or how all of this is impacting us as a generation because I feel like when I've been talking to my friends at least and stuff like that there's definitely um, a sort of generational feeling that we're different or we're separate from other different generations so do you think that Gen Z has a different perspective on the world events that are going on right now?
1: I think so yeah I think Um, especially the Gen Z's that I've encountered I think that a lot of them are change makers or are intending to become change makers Um, especially I see a lot of them at YYGS so I attended this um, summer session called Yale Young Global Scholars and I was really glad that I could meet some some of the most intelligent people that I've ever met and all of them like the majority of them, I see potential in making a lot of changes and uh, establishing impact.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know when you said change maker, that's definitely a word that I've heard a lot come up about when describing, you know, our generation as Gen Z, we're the ones who are going to be changing things in the future. Um, So kind of my next question is like, what do you think the biggest issue facing our generation as a whole is going to be? Because in my light, I see it as like climate change, but I've yeah. talked to some other people and that's, you know, it's a response that I get a lot. I'm interested in hearing your perspective.
1: Um, I would say the environmental side of it as well. Um, I think it's, it, it's a issue that is um, confronting us right now. And so because I studied environmental science, I know how big of an impact this could be. And it's not just climate change. It's also um, weather being changed. Um, It's the iceberg melting. It's um, the animal, like the patterns of animals, you know, changing and a lot of things that come with climate change that are not foreseeable yet as well. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges facing our generation.
0: Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. I think personally, the challenge that's inside of the challenge of climate change is getting people to work together and to collaborate. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a global problem and a lot of countries are handling it very individualized. Like, oh, U.S. is going to do this. China is going to do that. So on. Um, So how do you see yourself in the future, perhaps? Working towards increasing co- cooperation and collaboration between different countries to solve issues like climate change.
1: Yeah, just before uh, we jump to that question, I would just like to go back to. Um, your previous question, which is like, what do you think is the most important challenge in this generation? I think another one is the uprising of a lot of far-right movements uh, in the world right now, I think, especially in Eastern Europe and even in the the U.S., I think there's been this tendency of um, far-right extremism uh, rising and uh, this tendency to move away from globalization and uh, recognition of human rights and uh, moving away from uh, a lot of development or this distinct uh, increase in living standards actually, and uh, actually collaboration between different ethnicities and different uh, uh, groups of people. I think that's also another, a huge problem that we're facing. And to answer your question of how to kind of make sure that people are collaborating with each other, I think that's that's a problem that really begins with nowhere. I think it's a really huge problem that we need to tackle. Um, I think by the campaigning and by making people become more aware, by education actually, by making people become more aware of how big of a problem um, the issues that I just talked about were, um, I think that's one of the ways that could kind of grab people's attention. Um, what else? Uh, it's a tough one. Um,
0: definitely. I know you mentioned uh, education in there. Um, I'm curious, so like, like you've mentioned, you've had a very broad background. You've lived in a couple different places, gone to school in many different places. Do you think that having a sort of global education is an important step to towards
1: increasing collaboration? Absolutely. So, I think there's this quote is that um how do you understand each other without getting no getting to know each other? I think it's uh one of the quotes by Kerton and I think it's so accurate that like after I went to a UWC or United World College in Bosnia-Herzegovina, I was really able to understand the perspectives of a lot of different countries because I was able to encounter kids from there directly um, for instance, when the flood in Italy was happening, the Italian friend was telling me about, you know, the impact it had on her family. And, um, I didn't know that, you know, such like something just on the international headline could have an impact on, you know, a person right next to me, you know? Uh, or for instance, the, it's, this is not a far-right extremism a group, um, emerging, but it's, uh it's a it's actually a militia group. So in Colombia, for instance, FARC, which is a anti-government militia group, um, like my friend from Colombia also got impacted uh by, you know, the the militia group and uh was like her grandpa actually encountered them once and it was, you know, it was a really dangerous encounter as well. And so I'm just giving out examples that proved a point that um by kind of uh you know the education of um many the education of like increasing understanding of each other that actually um ensures kind of this collaboration global collaboration that we hope to achieve
0: yeah definitely i think the personalization that you're talking about sort of like not just reading a headline and thinking, "Oh, well, that's somewhere else across the world," but actually knowing people who are impacted by the events—that definitely makes a difference. When you, you know we talk about caring about these global issues and stuff like that, having a personal exactly. experience is definitely exactly. very important. Yeah, so I think sort of like moving in a little different direction. Um, I want to talk briefly about like COVID and the world with the pandemic and stuff like that. So uh-huh. obviously I know how it's impacted you. Like you, you can't go to your university and in person you're stuck doing this Zoom. I'm stuck doing Zoom for my school too. Um, but how do you see the sort of pandemic and online schooling affecting students around you, other Gen Zs?
1: Um. Other Gen Zs, I think it's pretty much the same. To be honest, um, everyone's just stuck at home, and online online instructions are just like not the most exciting part of our life right now. And it's definitely made academic achievement a lot harder. It's really hard for me to contact my professors and make sure that I'm achieving my my academic uh like aspirations and learning as much as I would uh, as opposed to in-person instructions.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. I've heard from a lot of students saying basically that they have kind of lost a lot of hope or faith, I should say, that things will work out. Do you think that you've experienced that yourself or do you know anybody who's also experienced something like that?
1: I'm actually quite hopeful in terms of the future. I think we will be able to go back to campus soon.
0: Yeah. Do you think more broadly as well that like, governments uh not just you know your government but other governments across the world are going to be able to prepare better in the future in case there are more pandemics or do you still have some concerns
1: i still have some concerns because like like after china was um like already being well already being this you know center like center of pandemic um still like people didn't take notice of, um, you know, how to handle the pandemic. And even after China showed a good example, actually, of how to handle the virus going around, people still didn't manage to, you know, properly handle it. So I think it still will be a challenge, but uh, hopefully people will learn from it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think going forward, it's going to be, it's going to be different. But like you said, I'm hopeful as well. Um, and I hope that, you know, you can go back to Berkeley very soon. Um, yes. Sort of just to wrap up, cause I know that you have to go somewhere else and I wanna keep these interviews pretty short in general. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself going forward? Um, I know you said that you're studying abroad, but after college, do you plan on going into a field where you think that you can create a large amount of change?
1: Um, yeah, I wanna work in media actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, journalism and media. So I'm probably going to do a minor in media studies if I could and see where that takes me Um, and combine that with my knowledge in political science and international relations and try to establish, um, well, hopefully changes in the political realm. And I will probably be Doing, hopefully, for instance, um, interviews or exchange of ideas with people that are uh, working in, you know, for instance, um, think tanks or Uh, people that specialize in their fields and political fields and talk about their views on uh, ongoing political issues and, for instance, challenges that are facing um, generations, especially Gen Z, for instance. And uh, that's something I really want to do. And also perhaps reporting on news, um, especially global news, is something I want to do as well.
0: Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Maybe someday we'll interview each other again, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> a journalist this time. Yeah, I think that sounds really cool. I think journalism and media is definitely an area of politics that is neglected, even though I definitely consider media as a form of politics. You know, you, in the United States, we have like the two mega horns of media, Fox and CNN, and they yeah. pretty much run the public eye into politics. So I think that yeah in general it's a neglected area of study and as far as politicians go Mm -hmm. i'm really i'm really excited that you're looking into that area and that you might someday be in charge of one of these journalism magnets hopefully thanks thank you yeah of course so uh yeah that basically concludes my questions like i said i want to keep these like very short and relaxed um but i'm really glad that you were my first test run my guinea pig (laughs) Uh, if you have any other questions or comments that you'd like to add before i stop the recording not really no okay